Andy Goodman here, your long-suffering keeper and host of Grizzly Peaks Radio. I have a little treat for you, an extra treat, a bonus episode, which may be of interest to some of you. If not, just skip it. But it's a discussion between myself and the old farts, as we lovingly call ourselves. Actually, I think I call them that, and they've just kind of grumblingly accepted that they are, in fact, the old farts. It's my White Dwarf Sessions group, which consists of Scott Dorward, Barney Dicker, Spencer Game, TJ Drennan, and Nikki Haller, who sort of comes and goes <laughs> a bit. As I'm recording this about a year on from the actual recording, we have long finished this scenario, and what you're going to hear over the next hour is the genesis of that scenario. It was largely an improvised scenario, improvised campaign, very much driven by the characters that the gang came up with. And I think it's one of the best things we've ever done. Yes, it's not a Chaosium product. You won't find a printed version of it anywhere. um, But I think there's some very fun stuff that happens. What you'll hear is my attempt to corral the group into really leaning into making a horror game, a genuine horror game, where we tried to make it as serious and as frightening as possible. I don't know whether we achieved that, but I think we did some really interesting stuff. I I believe we had a little after-game discussion at the end of the season, so watch out for that as well. But strap in and listen to an hour of some of the greatest minds in gaming and me talk about our new game. So yeah, hi everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Um, So I, I had a thought this morning so I, I think we can break this into two parts, <clears throat> okay, or, or two two activities. Um, one, oh God, where well, you don't have to do anything active. You don't have to actually stand up or anything like that. Just need your just need your brain in a jar, kind of thing. Brain in a jar. That's all we need. Um, one where we sort of start talking about the kind of characters that could exist and maybe get down to some sort of. Um, some sort of detail about what your individual characters are and the second one which is perhaps more about the structure of how the game's going to work in order to maximize the horror the horror um and i i have had some thoughts about the, the latter but i think we should evolve it together in real time so um so why don't i give you my idea of what the setting is or at least you know, I've given you a few little seeds or clues, and and some of you I think have have um, already got an idea of your character to some extent. I know Scott and Spencer, you both have floated floated off <laughs> some some sort of raft into the ocean. Um, yes, uh, <clears throat> maybe not entirely seriously, but I I have got a variant on what I pitch that I am happy with. Yeah, and. So that's an interesting point. Can you can you start with a um, not entirely serious character concept and make it serious? I think that and 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 I suppose the other question is: Does it have to be serious to to be horror? Well, that's a bigger question. Well, no, <laughs> not, I mean, not yeah, as, as I argued when we were talking, I, I, you know, I think it's it's almost impossible to keep comedy out of horror just because they're so closely intertwined. Mm. But um, but yeah, the, but certainly you know aiming to keep it as serious as possible is a damn good start if you're you're going to try to avoid it becoming too farcical. Mm. Mm. Um, as I said before, I think that the Scottish podcast is a good example of that. I think that mm. that manages yeah. to keep the you know the the horror very um, 
the horror remains serious despite of the 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 comicness of the characters involved yeah that is a good example actually um and having listened to a lot of Clark Ashton Smith recently, <laughs> um, read, listened, um, I'm, I'm now sort of almost all the way through his short story collections. He actually has a lot of, co- he's mainly, I think he's mainly a horror writer, really. Like whatever genre he's writing mm. in, it's always got this sort of horribleness to it, this horror. And, and, and yet they're also very funny as well in a, in a, in a kind of grim sort of way. Um, um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I, but, the, but the Scottish podcast is interesting because it... Because the characters um, are by nature comic, but then hor- horrible things happen to them, and they, and they, and then they, um, then they react to it like with, you know, mm. in in a relatively realistic way. Let's say mm. fear, mm. and um, you know, they they can. I I think that the comedy is very natural as well. They they're believable characters. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Who are naturally yeah. funny. Yeah, but yeah. but I think but I think there are a couple of different ways that can work in horror. One is you can you you can have comedy that undermines the horror and you you know, diffuses tense situations and at the points you're supposed to be scared you laugh instead. And that's usually something that happens accidentally. But I mean it's sometimes done deliberately. But I'd say that most horror comedies and you know a Scottish a Scottish podcast is a good example use. Um, use comedy as a way of accentuating the horror that you know, you do need these uh, variations in tone and pitch because if you just go out all out grim or all out tense for too long you become desensitized you become inured to it but by having the occasional release of laughter that allows you to build up the tension again mm. it, be- it becomes overwrought yeah. it becomes overwrought if you if you try yeah. and be scary all the time it, it becomes actually yeah it, yeah ineffective Barney. also I, I, it, 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 made, go on no 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 go on Barney. no made me made me think of uh, uh of that first the first segment of lost highway with bill pullman uh, as the saxophonist um and and he's and he's he's got this really dark house and he's married to Patricia Arquette and he's convinced that she's cheating on him and it's all really somber but the police turn up and they're idiots and you know that's a comical element in in it so you know Lynch does chuck in these kind of comical elements but the the advantage that he's got is that that they can you know they can create a film where they laugh before the take and after the take, but ultimately they're editing together a deadpan film. So you, as the viewer, can watch and laugh at the police. But the the passages where, you know, the camera's moving through the dark, dark house um, and you're kind of with the pain of this character and then he's playing that crazy saxophone music live, uh, you know, in a live concert. You know, there's all these really jarring things in it as well that make it horrific um, and traumatic in some way. So that's, it's interesting uh, you talked about uh, that because um, Daniel of Bandit's Keep left a mess. One of the last messages he left me on yesterday's podcast was was how you could we could do things in the edit, move things around, the or, move the order of things around, and really. Um, 
uh, emphasize those jarring moments even you know start mm. in response to your idea of starting with the horror you could actually start with the ending you know like they do in a lot of films and then cut back or or start with with the uh, uh, at least the beginning of the ending the, yeah. the horrible moment and then cut back to and explain how you got there and that kind of thing one thing that i thought about well i i watched the hollow man recently which empty man. the empty man sorry yes <laughs> empty man i know and <laughs> which was uh, well recommended i really really enjoyed that mm. but it's got a yeah same here a, a prologue at the beginning which mm. um is very self-contained which I, I wonder whether that would be a helpful way to um kick things off mm. i mean certainly so, a way of so killing, when we when we know characters. when we know what's <laughs> well, when we know what's happened, right? When we've gone through the adventure, then we could do a prologue set five hundred years before. You know, really cheesy. <laughs> um, when some object or some monster or some location or whatever, we all know what's happening, and we're all, you know, we can all play that. Yeah, um, no, no, I like I, that. I, I, have actually, I have actually done that in one of the campaigns I worked on, uh, which where we did have exactly that—a prologue with disposable characters. Um, pre-gens that you know, would sort of set the initial conflicts in motion uh, sort of foreshadow the themes of the campaign mm. and, and die horribly without you know, actually affecting uh, the main thrust of the campaign. That's interesting. Which, which one was that, Scott? Oh, it's not published yet. It's um, A Poison Tree. Oh, okay. Now, that's interesting. How, how do you avoid the sense of the inevitable or or, or or dare i say railroading in that in that prologue because if, if the characters are sort of just destined to die i mean do, do they have to die well they're not destined to die no no they don't um in some respects it's actually better for the ones who do <laughs> because just because of the general situation but yeah uh, it's, it's not a railroad but at the same time the chances of them actually getting out in one piece or you know not having something completely horrible happen to them are pretty remote well i think there's a lot of um, potential ways in which we can construct it and i think you know the the big message that i'm getting and, and hearing is is um you know not to necessarily think of it as being linear and it does tie into a thought i i was having this morning whilst on my run um, that that um, maybe we treat this in a slightly different way where, yes, we are playing a game, but we're also, um, you know, if we need to sort of redo a bit, redo a scene, um, mm. do something, you know, uh, reverse something because it, it didn't work, maybe we're oh, more, yeah. more, more, more able to do that. I, when when I record with how we, how we roll, that's what we've done a few times. If a scene's mm. gone really badly or off the rails, we have very deliberately sort of said, no, hang on, that hasn't worked. Let's go back, start this from the beginning of the scene and redo it. And and the, the other editing trick that you know Joe uses an awful lot there is that we are naturally a very jokey group and you'll never take that out of the group. But where he's got a really a scene that he wants to be tense or scary or whatever he'll just take out all the jokes in the edit and you know leave ones there so you know it's a very different experience for the listeners than it is for us when we're recording it yeah um and that 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 led on to another thought which is um one thing that i that i think could be could work or might not i don't know we'll have to see how it goes is that um as much as possible, 
the players should do everything in dialogue. I was thinking, like not not description, not not describing what they do. Just just say their say what the characters saying. Speak or, as the or thinking. Yes, yeah. speak yeah. as the character, um, w- which we do a lot of anyway. But really, go for that because then it becomes what, like. Oh, I've script. just got the kettle on. Do you want a cup of tea? <laughs> would, would you mind? Would you mind t- standing still for a moment while I shoot you? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what this is? I, I guess there are some some flaws in this concept, or possibly some some. But but it's almost like um, if you think about a a horror drama, you wouldn't have the mm. characters narrating what they're doing, would would you? They'd, the characters in the play would be just doing their lines. Um, and, and, and then there yeah. maybe there's a narrator that that well, you know, I'm, what, I'm trying to think I, of. Um, is this another opportunity for you to basically tell us what the fuck no. you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, no, but, but I, have to, I mean, if you, yeah. if if you want that effect, I mean, what some podcasts do, actual play podcasts, they cut out the game mechanics for that reason, so that you do have the 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 narration and the you know the dialogue. But you don't have, um, you know, all the dice rolls and me saying, oh, yeah, um, OK, well, this is what I'm going to try doing. Let's let's roll yeah. and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it comes out sounding a lot more like an audio drama and you can put sound effects and duration in afterwards. Um, I, I reckon if you're doing that, you might as well just do an audio drama. But That's that. true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, because I was thinking, you are know, that's... We, mm. Are we trying to shit each other up and ourselves... Or are we just trying to shit the listener up? Mm. Well, I, I, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think there's any right or wrong. I don't think you're ever. I don't think you're ever going to succeed in scaring the other players in the game. No, I, it, it just never happens. Okay, so so if I happen to scare myself, that's my business, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean the only way to do that would be to bring in a couple of genuine psychopaths, who um, <laughs> who you actually start getting worried that they're gonna, you know come around and murder you i mean there's <laughs> yeah we're in too many different countries for that to work exactly uh you, oh, do around you don't know who andy knows you don't know who andy knows <laughs> but um <laughs> no what so to go back to the, the, the thing about the radio play because i was thinking about you know um what is it dark adventure radio theater the is that oh, what yeah. it's called hp Lovecraft historical yeah. society yeah. they they do those um dramatized i don't know if Barney or Spencer, if you ever heard heard their stuff, um, so they do um, adaptations of of both um, Call of Cthulhu um, campaigns and Lovecraft stories. They've done a really good one of Masks, um, uh, and and they've done The Mountains of Madness and Whisper in the Darkness and, and things like that. And and they're done as period radio dramas, as if as if Lovecraft had become this huge sort of um, popular writer and everyone you know listened to the radio um you know on, on sunday evenings at, at home everyone listened to the, the sagas and that you know they're done as radio plays that the, 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 the characters are all um just doing i the i think mm. i think you know following on from what you've said scott and what you've said before andy i i think we've got to make the dice rolls really count i think they've got to be part of the suspense so precisely not taking them out and it's yep. things have got to really hinge on what the role the role's going to be and normally of course that's like oh it's a it's a fumble yeah oh you know <laughs> yeah. but but 
and that's maybe something that gets that pushes back on you Andy which is that you've got to you've got to make situations that hinge on success or failure based on those those stats and and of course they can't just be sleight of hand or library use can they no no i, I mean actually that that gets on to another interesting point is do you think it this can't really be a, a very cerebral sort of story where you have to because you know you can imagine oh nice to you... see you. i've got the kettle on do you want a cup of tea <laughs> Well, I mean, oh, sorry, did I say that? Less library, uh, sorry, less library and more, more, um, you know, um, dark basement. No, 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 it's like don't, don't send us to the library yeah. to to take to take someone's fucking overdue books back. Yes, like <laughs> okay, you know, make it, make it a, make it count, make it count. No, no, yeah. I, I think you're right. Mm. And and I think you can have really creepy scenes set in libraries and um I yeah and and I think with Call of Cthulhu you can always heighten stuff with push rolls as well. So you know, if you do have people poking around in a yeah. library, maybe they're doing it close to closing time and you know, there's only a couple of staff left, they're beginning to turn the lights out. You know, you're racing against time to find the book you want. You fail your first roll, and it's sort of, um, yeah, okay. Well, uh, I'm going to go into the dark stacks and really kind of look around the areas I haven't, well away from all the the staff. And you know, you f yeah, if you fail that one, then maybe that's where the cultists are waiting for you, or you know, something like that. Yeah, we actually had a very, a really horrific scene in a library in one of the Berlin games where the libra librarian um, uh, turns into this hor horrific mutated form. She's uh, uh, possessed by the demon Grossman in that story. Uh, he goes around possessing people. So so yeah, what what, what started off as just a, a very dull um, bit of inv investigation ended up with um, a sort of scene from the Evil Dead. So it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, always, always chop your librarians up into pieces. Is the is the lesson that they took away from that. Always make sure you chop them up into very small pieces. I think as, as well. As long as you follow the pieces alphabetically afterwards. <laughs> In, yeah, following Dewey. <laughs> um, I I think as well splitting the party is really yeah. good because then yeah. you can cross cut in the edits and you can really leave on a you know you can you can go somewhere else at a really good moment mm. and switch it back um and then the revelations come separately um and yeah you know i mean i'm always banging on about it but this kind of idea that all of the players walk around like an amorphous fucking cloud yeah <laughs> i just think because oh, yeah. we're, you know, because we're, we're, we're all together now, you know, anyway, you know, we're all bunched up. So there's no problem with people going off and doing different things. And and in a way, you do that frequently anyway, Andy, you kind of often move around us, mm. um, you know, some, some, some sessions more than others. But I, I think there's a couple of reasons why, why that bunching together happens. One, I think it's a bit of a hangover from D&D, &D, which you can't really, you know, yeah. role-playing games all have that DNA in them somewhere. But secondly, it's like, you don't really want to leave someone out of half the session, do you? Um, yeah. Just sitting there not doing anything. But, and But you don't, but you treat them like, treat them like rounds. Yeah. Treat them like rounds, Andy. Yeah. Like do, you just do it, you just keep it real quick and you're, and you're yeah. cross-cutting in the game. 
Yeah, you don't it, well, it's to... not just that. It's, it's not just that, but if you try to leave it on mini cliffhangers every time you cross-cut. Mm. And so, I mean, even if it's just a small thing, like, you know, you know, you're in the library, you haven't managed to find the library, and you hear a sound coming from the office, so you go over, you open the door and investigate the door creaks open. Mm. You know, you cut to the, the next person before they see whoever or whatever is in the room. I mean, it might just be the librarian making a cup of tea, but, you know, it's, there is that moment of uncertainty. Yeah, and that's very much what you know a, a, a convention from horror movies where you know there's a lot of false, mm-hmm. false, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, whatever tension, you know, tension. Well, well, just rising tension with you know, and it isn't anything. It's just yeah. you know, without the payoff. Um, so yeah, that's that's good. Yes, I like that. I like that. Um, I mean, now the, the, the other possibility. Oh, sorry. I was about to say the other possibility is if you've got a, someone who has separated from the group for an extended period of time. Uh, I mean, this is something I've done a few times with how we roll. Is uh, just have a one-on-one episode with that character. Exactly. And th- th- those can be absolutely fucking terrifying. Now, with, with party play, because you know, you're you're shifting the spotlight around and everyone gets a chance to kind of discharge energy through each other, you don't get that. But the intimacy in a horror game of one-on-one play is yeah. a whole different thing. Because, because and, you and nev- of course you're we never out of the spotlight. You'd never get an escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and sorry, the, the rest of the team won't know what's transpired. Mm. Yeah. So, so you can kind of, you can kind of, you know, as the GM, you've got a great opportunity to kind of manipulate things. Um, I, I'm, I'm totally up for doing stuff like that. I'm totally up for sitting out of a game, doing a one-on-one game. I don't mind. That's it- great. It 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 was yeah it was definitely it was something that I was definitely thinking about. I discussed it a little bit with Daniel, like back and forth in some messages. Because um, and as you know, obviously I did that little pickup scene with with Nikki, but it wasn't yeah. a horror. Mm. It wasn't a horror scene. It was just a sort of coda. Um, but yeah, I, that, that's a really good point. You can intensify the horror a lot more. Um, oh yeah. But and but Andy, you yeah. know, as you've been talking about in the podcast, you know, we're all playing different games. <laughs> so um, you know. Oh dear! What side of the fence do you s- sit on, then, Barney? Go on. Your 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 defence of uh, where the GM is playing a different game to the players is fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm with Joe. I'm with Joe. But you're you're talking absolute shit. But whatever, whatever you like. I have my oh, defenders. Dear. I'll have you know. Yeah. I have my defenders, yeah. um, but um, but yeah, the, the, no, because because I I was I was thinking you know either one on ones or maybe we split the party then you do a like two and you know two and two, um, yeah, you could definitely do that. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I guess in a sense what what I'm saying is that the in this particular game the 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 the, the game is subordinate to trying to create the most horrifying output so whatever we mm-hmm. sort of need to do around that with me is okay as long as it's okay with you guys i guess i guess we need to establish mm-hmm. what what <laughs> we aren't willing to do what are you not willing to do yeah if yeah. I mean, if our well, characters die then we create a new character and bring it back next time or, you know introduce that into the next session right so i don't think i don't think we should be trying to hold on to our characters particularly yes yeah yes i i i I think that's that's right. You know, there's always a, a, a um, 
There's always an attachment a tendency. thing, like no, invested atten- investiture. No, no. <laughs> there's always a tendency. I would, as I say, to try not to kill off a character at the beginning of a session. F- from my point of view, as a GM, I, I do try and kind of go a bit easy at the because what you don't want is someone to have their character die in the first ten minutes, yeah. and then be literally first ten minutes. Yeah, but but yeah. I, I have with a natural play recently. I didn't mean to, but I did kill off a character in the first session of an ongoing campaign. Uh, right. Just because, <laughs> and and just and, because that's the way then... things worked out. Uh, yeah, they, they just hand one of the NPCs to the player and say, "Oh, play this for the rest of the the, uh, the session." Of course. Uh, yeah, that worked out. But yeah, I ever since the good thing about it is, ever since then, the other players have been really nervous because it's just felt like, "Oh yeah, well fuck, we can die at any time." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, that's that's the classic GM trick: kill someone off early. Just to get put the wind up them. All right. Well, enough sort of general theorizing, I suppose. Um, so the setting then, you know, as you know, the setting is going to be, um, I would say, okay. So there's there's several nuances to it, but it's it's going to be the southern southern Spain. Either now again, haven't decided yet, and maybe we can decide together. I was thinking either mainland, inland, like really rural, like a rural area, because that could be really interesting up in up in the Sierra Nevadas or somewhere sort of in the sort of um, deserty plains of sort of southern central Spain, somewhere really bleak and far away from from um, uh, civilization kind of thing. But but in this sort of um, sort of pseudo medieval village with with all the kind of things that would go along with that. That's one option. Another is, is to have it really in in the in the in the in the epicenter of the trashy coastal resort area. That could be something really. But I think that probably lends itself more to comedy if you put it somewhere like that. I was that. about to say, yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know, if you put it in Torremolinos, I it, it, it's I struggle to see how you can generate horror there. Yeah. I mean, maybe 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 it would be a fun thing to try, but why make it harder for ourselves? Um, Agreed. <laughs> why did you choose this setting? How did I choose it? It's your fault. Yeah. What? It's your fault. 1970s. 1970s. Costa del Sol. Yeah. Well, all right. It's partially your fault. You convinced <laughs> me to buy that yeah. Campo yeah. de Mitos book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I did buy. And yes, you did. Yeah. And I don't think it's very good. But. Okay. There are certain things in it that were interesting that that sort of gave me a little bit of inspiration. And I thought, plus also I'm watching, uh, discovering for the first time Thirty Monedas, Trenta Monedas, yeah. um, which Scott uh, has a bit of a thing for as well. And uh, I was like, oh yeah, okay, that's that's good. <laughs> I mean, um, that's set uh, modern. Present that's day. that's modern day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's it's set in this sort of weird. Um, rural kind of archaic kind of historical town um uh, near madrid um it's sort of filmed around segovia and places like that and and it's got this very medieval architecture everywhere and and that gives it a really interesting uh sort of texture um and the other thing that inspired me i don't know if any of you have read any of alexi sales writing any of his short stories have, it, have any of you no the dog catcher yeah the one set in the Spanish village. Oh no, not it's from that collection. So that there's um, or maybe it's in, no, it's in Barcelona plates. It's in his collection, Barcelona plates. 
there's a story there, a really hor- horrible story set in this um, in this little Spanish hill village, and it's just stuck with me ever since I read it. He's he's quite a good horror writer, actually. Um, yeah. Um, and, Com- and comedians often are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Spain is actually quite a sinister place in a lot of ways, and I think, you know, because it's got this blood-soaked history going back thousands, you know, hundreds if not thousands of years. It's got this weird kind of melange of cultures as well from sort of Mm -hmm. the the very strong Catholic and the sort of more earthy, I I guess you could call it flamenco culture um, and and the Moorish influence in southern Spain. It's got a lot of really interesting and, and the mythology is pretty weird as well as I'm discovering from having read that Campo de Mitos book. Um, so yeah, that's why Barney. Um, okay. And, and, Good. And, and, I don't know. It seems like also the least likely setting and time period for a, for a Call of Cthulhu adventure. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, so, mm. so then the other option, the other option is to set it on an island, right? On a on a Mediterranean island, um, because I was thinking then you've got this, um, you know. Uh, magnifying effect, you know. You, one, you're trapped in a way, and two, it's a small location, and it's probably cut off from communication, or in, it could easily be cut off from communication. Um, and, and you can, and the thing that sort of inspired me for thinking about that was the Magus by John Fowles. Oh yes. Oh that. yeah. That yeah. That's an extremely creepy depiction of a. Um, of a beautiful Mediterranean island and, and the kind of nasty things that could go on there. So, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where it's you know some of my touch points. Have, have you ever read uh, Robert Eggman's The Wine Dark Sea? No. Okay, like well, that's one worth seeking out as well. Yeah, I mean Eggman in general you know, was one of the greatest horror writers ever, but The Wine Dark Sea is you know, spot on for what you're talking about. It's, oh, yeah, I think it's Greece, but but it's, it's certainly got that Mediterranean feel. Uh, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd go for Ireland. I'd go for an island. It sounds island. good. Well, I, I think when we initially were touting this idea, were we talking about setting it on an oil rig? Yes. So yeah, having a... it on an island would, yeah, sort of capture that mm, um, mm. sort of... If it can't be an oil rig, trapped. No, no, no. I, no, I understand that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that's that's one of the that's one of the Sandy Peterson adventures in in uh, in his Abominations book, um, right. and it's quite good, yeah. but 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 it's a bit it's a bit um, predictable, perhaps. It has been done a lot. But I mean, speaking of cliches, I mean, do you think it would be too much of a cliche to have it be set around the production of a horror film on the island? Now, I suppose in a way that's 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 pretty much what you've just done. But mm. yeah, but 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 not really. Um, no, it's 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 interesting because I'm also about to run um, Shrek film from the Berlin book, which is about the production of a of a horror film as well. So there's a lot okay. of that about. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying no. I'm I'm saying I'm saying it could be interesting. Um, uh, but I think because I think it, because yeah, yeah I mean there there were an awful lot of kind of weird 
you know things going on with with Spanish and European cinema in general at the time, and location shoots and you know, mm. uh, uh, plus you know there were you know there were British filmmakers going over shooting stuff at the time, um, and so yeah, I mean it's it sort of gives a chance for all those pieces to come together, but on the other hand, if it's too similar to all the other stuff we're doing, why? then we can come up with something else. Yeah, no, I, I do like a, it. What about a theatre production? A theatre production. Shakespeare on the Beach. Yeah. Well, a production of The Tempest, yeah. Oh. <laughs> on, a, on a desert island. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm really not um, up on my Shakespeare enough to, 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 do, to do that. Oh, you, oh, you, do, you, oh you, don't, you don't need to, to read or see The Tempest. <laughs> true. Which is, true, pretty, true. which is pretty self-contained. Yeah. Yes. No, I mean, I do know The Tempest. I have, I have read it when I was very... You know, 40 years ago, uh, 30, 35 <laughs> years ago, probably. Um, no, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, mm. So, so I think, uh, yeah. So I think the island, island is good because you can actually bring in a couple of the elements that that would be in the other location. So you can have the isolated village up on a hill kind of thing, the whitewashed village, Pueblo, with, with uh, the... Um... Do you want to come and say hello? Come on. Wave. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> They're saying hello. <laughs> All right. That's enough. <laughs> All right. Oh, so, yeah. Oh. No, I told... How much fucking... How much sofa have you got? It's, um, what the fuck is that? It's, a, it's, a, it's an outdoor <laughs> sofa. It is a very long... No, it was, it was left here by the last owners. They I'm just left surprised. it here. Yeah, it's not the sort of <laughs> yeah. thing... No, it comes you wouldn't want pieces. to move that. Yeah, no, it comes in pieces. You don't have to... Anyway, um, so... So, yeah, so I, I like, you know, the, 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 the white-painted hill village, the, the, the donkeys um, carrying, pa uh, you know, wicker panniers full of, um, you know, fish up from the, up from the sea and that kind of thing. Um, the, the old, the old crumbling church. You can have all of that stuff on the island. Are you, mm. are you, Barney, it's cliche, it's on, fine. It's, it's cliche. Is, this, is it, is it 1979? Why? why? 76, wasn't it? Or 71. Or... Like, 70 is 71? It's, it's early like 70s. closer to that rustic... Okay, it's the early... Okay, good. No, honestly, that stuff still goes on. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it still goes on. It, it, it's... Um, Amelia's now part of the... Part of the yeah. <laughs> um, Look at that donkey. I don't think donkeys can carry that much weight. <laughs> there must be something strange going on with that donkey. That donkey's got two extra legs. There's definitely something going on. Oh, it's just an old woman pulling it. <laughs> Thank God for that. Um, that you know, old woman's got too many legs. You, you can, you can, you can have the. Um, you can have the. You can have the. Um, uh, uh, the sort of port town and the and the. Um, the the rich sort of Euro trash turning up on a yacht. You can have all these things there, which would be kind of mm. interesting. Um, I don't know. I I I I, th I think it's got potential. Barney, you look a little bit mm. dubious. A little bit dubious. I, it's going to be so like we're going to play something and it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Just a, That's a bland yeah. a, a, a bland homily to to. Uh, <laughs> to keep me going. Um, all right. Well, 
so let's let's because because then really what but what i really want to do is is draw it out of the characters you know i think um to to uh to hit on another raw raw nerve um i think the backstory um can should drive the uh you know the character backstory oh, yeah. um we i don't uh, you know we don't need two page backstories but i think you know i want it to be emergent i want it to be um something that comes out of the you know that actually involves the character's motivations and not just something they end up getting plonked in because you know that happens so in some in most ad- adventures it's like yeah. characters get plonked into it and they have to you're always thinking why why would you keep going why would you you know you're seeing all this horrible terrible stuff why why did you stay because because you're stuck on an island because you're stuck on an island (laughs) (laughs) no i I mean in general you know you know that most scenarios you do have an opportunity to get away from but and and obviously we've we've scott you and i have talked about it's like why even bother playing if that but but if we're trying to create some kind of authenticity in the characters behaviors then you know having yeah. having a strong yeah, having reason hooks, to stick yeah. around so i mean, we, if we're going to start thinking about character concepts and motivations and backstory and so on i guess the big question is do you see this as being an open game or a closed game <laughs> do you know where, where where characters have got secrets oh. um do the players have those secrets yes. from each other as well yeah, so, I think. Or do we, sh- or do, or do we share a... them ahead of time to so we can create dramatic irony? Great question. I think definitely have secrets. I mean, definitely have dark elements. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Of course. But whether the other characters know it. Well, or, or, well not the other characters, the other players. Or whether the other players know it. Yeah. I mean, if. Um, I, don't, I, I don't think we should disclose our Cthulhu Mythos uh, scores. <laughs> I think that should be kept private. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sure, sure. Um, yeah, that kind and, of thing stays between you and your older god, yeah. Uh, but but the um, but I like the idea. Okay, so there's, I, uh, let's talk about what the um, impact of that would be if you don't mm. tell, you know, in, in, in what we're trying to do. Obviously, it means there'll yeah. be some surprises along the way for the other players. Yeah. Do you think that's more likely to create interesting reactions if people? I, I'm. I mean, I, I, I like both styles of play. It ultimately comes down to personal preference amongst the players. The, the, the argument I make in this case, however, is if your goal is to create as satisfying an experience as possible for the listener, mm. then placing the players in a position where they can use things like dramatic yes. irony to set things up makes that easier so that that lends itself better to an open game and the sharing of secrets ahead of time yeah i agree i agree what do you think barney spencer i'm just nodding, just um, nodding. yeah no i like the sound of that um i don't think that it's going to i think it spoil anything if we know stuff about each other that yeah, we wouldn't ordinarily um, know within the context of the. And playing into that, um, I think what that then means is you can't really uh, the characters perhaps shouldn't know each other before the begin, you know, before the start of the of the adventure. Mm-hmm. They should sort of be thrown together in some way. I and I I I, I think mm. that can make a more interesting dynamic. It means they they don't have to be friendly to each other. I've been given a grape. Yeah, they don't have to be friendly to each other. I suppose <laughs> I have to eat it. Yeah, they don't have history. Uh, life, life is full of sacrifices. I was, I was just just saying that. Yeah, we don't. 
need to have any history between the characters. Leads on to the next question. Should you be antagonistic? I mean, not like everyone antagonistic the whole time, but should there be antagonism between the characters and conflict between the characters? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously you can set that stuff up in advance, but... I mean, uh, things like that, I think, tend to come about, come about organically uh, as long as you agree that it's safe to do so. Mm. Okay, so I th uh, do we do we think it's safe? I think it's safe to do so. I think we're all oh yeah, we're all old enough and ugly enough to handle it. Oh, I'm, I'm planning on playing an absolutely irredeemable <laughs> kid as well. So. Again, <laughs> playing what are you talking time? about? Emery is a, is a no, no. fine. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> right, so let's 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 wrap this up then with a, a, at least a little bit of a discussion then about each each of your characters. So let's start with um, let's start with you, Scott, because you seem to have got a, a, a pretty um, uh, well thought through idea about irredeemable who... idea. Yeah, irredeemable <laughs> idea. So well, tell us no, about but... who you want to play. Um, I, I think rather than you know moving away from the idea of this actually involving a direct you know kind of horror film shoot, uh, I'd still like to play a sort of CD exploitation producer uh, from the UK who's come over perhaps looking for locations or looking for local talent to try to get something made that is fundamentally just a money laundering scheme that, right yeah you know, he's yeah you know, whether or not the film actually gets made is irrelevant but he's you know he's there primarily to you know set things in motion uh, so that you know, he can get he can, yeah he can get his money laundered perhaps to a bit of tax uh, um, you know, evasion at the same time, and and you know, generally rip a lot of people off. Great, <laughs> I love that. Um, and um, yeah, no, that 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 that's really good. I mean, I I suppose that does make an obvious um, link then, possibly to Spencer's character, who's who's uh, well, I th I think you were talking about about being a being a you know, Cockney gangster well, on the run yes yes um I, what i was thinking was that i've been in involved in some job that got messy i'd done a mm. runner with the money um oh yeah uh, and i've called it taking early retirement i've managed to <laughs> buy a plot of land on this island oh uh, nice. in order to build my dream villa but i've been sold a bit of a duffer perhaps and that I'm trying to, oh right, you, you trying to make the best of it. You know, I'm I've kind of made like my that. bed, and I've got to yeah. Lie so you've you've I've, sort of been you've been t ripped off by the by by the um by the local um you know so, 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 some old some old duffer who you thought well was yes I've not I've not gone through the the lawful means to acquire the land, and I've not you know I don't understand. <laughs> How the law works, you know. I've right, right, looked right. into that. Um, no, that's great. No, I like that. I think that's. And, I think that's really yeah. fun. <laughs> uh, although, yes, I, I, I don't want to lean into the comedy there. But you thought having, you thought, you thought being savage by a cat is bad. <laughs> yes, I, I, I was about to make a comment <laughs> on this. <those lines. laughs> being savage by a five-year-old. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, um... so yes, I'm, I'm I'm picturing a kind of a disgruntled character who's determined to see his mm. dream uh, realised, but he's uh, yeah. Now I know it's, we it's... we immediately talked about not there being not any linkage between the characters, but I think there's there could be an obvious linkage between your character and Scott's character with you know maybe knowing mm. or at least knowing some of the same people and maybe bringing some unwanted attention to to your you know just randomly turns up and you have some mutual acquaintances and of course that could create some interesting well this is it i'm in hiding i don't want to be exactly certainly don't want to be caught on film exactly and he's going to be you're going to be bringing the financiers in at some point scott oh yeah (laughs) who i'm sure who i'm sure a bunch of of white boys from the east end (laughs) exactly exactly oh that's good yeah that's interesting so so barney do you have any yeah. any notions? Yeah, yeah. I think I've I've made a slight revision to my idea that I talked about before. I think I think I'd like I think I'd like to play a carpenter who a carpenter. actually a carpenter who who actually his real passion is uh is art is painting and poetry and doesn't like to uh share you know doesn't like to 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 show it to people so it's very it's very secret um but to you know to to make money to make enough money uh does does carpentry jobs for people on the island okay so have they so they're they're a expat, yeah, as well. British or another country, or are they Spanish? I I mean, well, you know, I mean, I I've been I've been thinking just to keep it serious. I think I think I should stick to my own voice. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> just just to you know. Yeah. So so if that makes us all <laughs> all expats, then. Yeah, I mean it, it. It's 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 fine. No, no, it's good. In fact, um, now I'll let you do all of the uh, Spanish voices. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. No, I <laughs> weirdly, I, I'm not very good at doing Spanish accents, given that I lived there for five years. But, um, um, but so so what? So it, I think that character almost almost could be a bit of a sort of aging hippie, as well. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's, there's a bit of that. There's something, there's something a bit of that going on. Yeah. Because there was a big exodus oh, to, yeah. the, to the, you know, to the islands during the sixties. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pro- probably not that aging if this is the early seventies. That's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. So, and and so... it's quite, it's quite plausible that I've, I've done or I'm doing some work for Spencer. On his mm. um, yes, oh, yeah, yeah. Thinking that, yeah, maybe a nice uh, yeah, yeah staircase or something. Well, after his roof yeah. collapsed <laughs> <laughs> on the second day that he was there, the second night he was there. <laughs> um, yeah, well, as you can he see, he woke up in the cellar. <laughs> yeah, he went to bed in the, uh, on the second floor and woke up in the yeah. cellar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought dear. we weren't doing. We're not. On the <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'll come round. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so I think we somehow already got some pretty interesting um, uh, 
it's pretty interesting dynamics going on there already, just with the three of you. TJ's just sent a message that that uh, he's going to join in ten minutes, but but I think we're actually done. Um, I I I think we're done because I I don't think I can keep my daughter restrained with one <laughs> arm for much longer. She's um yeah. she's literally she is basically a five year old girl version of the Tasmanian devil from. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I've got one of those. The bugs, yeah. but you know what they're like. You know what they're like. Yeah. So so um. I I think you know even though that wasn't very long that character bit I think there's already tons of stuff that could come out of that really mm. interesting how how many final final question how many sessions do you think we should aim for um, open question I was kind of maybe thinking four to six but I don't know why mm. just five to ten. <laughs> you, you know me too well you know because initially I was thinking let's do three but then three will become <laughs> will become five <laughs> or six so, what, so, what I suggest then is that you you aim for a smaller number of sessions than you think it'll actually be yes <laughs> absolutely uh, but but in general I my my experience is that oh, you know if you're going for something that is aim that is going to try to be genuinely frightening then shorter is better mm. yeah definitely Which, definitely how, uh, how many how many sessions was the how many sessions was the Braylum alluvial plains game um was that that six, was about six seven sessions. yeah six or seven yeah and they but they you know, they were, that, they that were was, a bit longer they were like three hours as well weren't they most of them i suppose they were and, but that was kind of going to one place and sussing out the lay of the land and that kept mm. you know that kept kept going so i mean i i guess i guess after the first session or two then we have a sense of tempo and how fucking serious we can be mm. yeah i mean in my own class that is true <laughs> i mean I, regardless That's of how dodgy carpentry <laughs> yeah leave me alone <laughs> i mean look I'm sawing. here's the other thing if we if we don't manage to keep that serious tone i don't think we just jettison it i think it, that, that there's yeah. already i'm already seeing enough fun here to actually have quite an interesting game regardless but um i would like to give it a hmm. good serious go um now should should we start with a um you know starting with a bang then um should we start with some throwaway characters and do a sort of a a prologue? Do you think that's something that would work? I, I I'd say oh sorry, no sorry no no I was I, I just I I was just going to say maybe start with um, a character uncovering something that mm. you know triggers things mm. something quite disturbing at the beginning but no. It, Carry on, Scott. No, no. I was just going to say, if we're keeping this fairly short, then having a prologue probably is is less desirable. Um, I I still think I still think do that at the end when we know what's yeah, happened. Okay. And, we, and we've got a sense. We can create a sense of what we want the prologue to be, in some way. Um, yeah. And then and then it doesn't take that kind of it doesn't take that bit of tension out of the yeah. out of the play. So, so then the the, yeah. the question I have, or the, the you know thing I think we need to overcome is how do you get over that that very that that sort of um, typical first session where 
you're just kind of winding up and, and nothing's really happening. I mean, if you listen to almost every one of our actual plays, the first episode, the first session, very little is really happening. You're just kind of getting into the character's shoes, really. But but that's but that's yeah. because Andy, really, you just like Mills and Boone. <laughs> You're blaming me again. <laughs> what, what 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 I'd suggest? I mean, the trick that I use in a number of convention games, and I really want to ramp up the tension like that, is to start in medias res. Um, mm, good idea. Know, what, what, if we've if if we got a, a sense of who the characters are, then yeah, start us in the midst of something horrible, and we can. Then, for the, the the sake of the audience, perhaps have a breather, and any survivors can you know, introduce them effectively introduce themselves to the audience. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I, th- I think if if we come in a bit more prepared, or if you guys come in a bit more prepared, knowing who your characters are, we don't need to feel our way into it. We can do that. Start in media res, in medias res. Yes, as Scott correctly well, we, we, pronounces. We 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 haven't we haven't done a session zero before, have we? No. No, no, no. So we haven't taken this time ever to to really get in this position, which might be why episode one of any of the stuff is always a bit. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, look, I'm good. Um, I'm good with that. I one one last question. Sorry, but it, just before we wrap this session zero up, is were you thinking of a lines and veils discussion at all, or were we just going to sound things out? Um, if we need to, I, I don't mind doing it. I mean, um, I, I don't think, uh, I, I don't think anything that I've, uh, it wouldn't be v- anything different from what I've done in terms of visceralness or horror. So, you know, I yeah, try okay. not to go into any not really nasty areas. I think generally. Yeah. Um, but if there's anything you would uh, rather not, I mean, I. I mean, the, you're, I mean, you're the, not the, allowed the, to say ample bosom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's far too distracting. <laughs> it's it's too distracting, like Spence says, and how, it's too funny. But how else are we going to have Hattie Jakes as an NPC? <laughs> <laughs> it's Sorry, Scott, you were going to say something. I can't imagine you have any lines, yeah. Scott. Do you? I, no, I do. I do. The, 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 yeah, the one, the, the one thing that I, I yeah, I, I try to keep out of any game I'm involved with is any kind of sexual violence. Yeah, yeah, of course. God, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you say of course. I mean, I have been in games where I've been blindsided by, I just, I mean, I remember the completely surreal experience of you know one player ca- announcing that he was suddenly going to try raping another pc just out oh. of nowhere in the middle of a game and it was just no. sort of no that's not fucking happening <laughs> yeah uh, i assume this wasn't someone you knew <laughs> before it was that was it that was. was what made it worse mm, yeah interesting interesting all right well i guess <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not i'm not saying i think i think that would happen with this group but i'd suggest yeah. oh God. no i mean it's a given i mean I, yes absolutely yeah. um i personally don't have an issue with children in peril personally but i don't know um others (laughs) no um i I read grimm's fairy tales to my daughter they're they're Mm. horrifying (laughs) the one where 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 the mother chops up the son and feeds it to the daughter and the father or the father that's that's just which one's that it's um it's a it's a fairly obscure one. I hadn't I hadn't read about it before, but it's it's yeah, absolutely horrifying. And then they bury the bones out in the garden, and a tree grows. Out. It's just terrifying. 
Yeah, but I, I think, yeah. I think we, I think what this shows up <laughs> is that that we have to, we know this already, that the real, the real horror is in the situations and the way they're handled, rather than any particular gore. Yeah. Like piling on the gore doesn't make it scary. No, not no. at all. No, not at all. Not at all. It's, it's, it's actually feeling that the. The character that you care about is in danger in the end, I, th I think is the simplest sort of way of putting yeah. it. You know, you don't want the bad thing mm. to happen to them. Um, so, oh, bloody hell. Daddy, call us. TJ, let's get, let's get started then. We were literally, <laughs> fuck me, we were literally about 30 seconds away from finishing and now you've joined. So we can't just say goodbye, can we? Okay, bye. No. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, um, TJ, you know, we were literally about to finish. Um, TJ, before we Don't leave, we... though, go on, Scott, what are you saying? No, 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 sorry, Karen. Um Before we finish, tell us your character idea. I'm putting you right on the spot as a punishment for turning up so late. What is your character concept? You are really quiet, TJ. Yeah, I can hardly hear you. How about that? That's, That's beautiful. Right. Okay. A little bit better. If you could just eat the microphone a bit more. I, I'll just I'll just do magic with levels. I don't, okay. Not, there you go. That's, <laughs> look at that. That's magic. Um, so, um, okay, let me give you a very quick recap before we finish. Yeah. Um, it's going to be set on an island in the Mediterranean in the 1970s. Um, Scott is playing a um, uh, exploitation film producer scouting locations. Spencer is going to be playing a gangster, a London gangster on the run who's hiding out on the island and has just bought a, um, been, bought a, 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 um, a little villa cottage up in the hills. Um, uh, Barney is a um, uh, artist come carpenter, a bit of a hippie who, who emigrated to the Spanish islands uh, during the 60s. Um, and uh, that, that's pretty much all we've got. So, um, Wait, what year is this? It's 1972, let's say, or 73, early 70s. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. I'm a Dallas oil man um, <laughs> looking to invest. <laughs> right. Have I got an opportunity for you, my son? <laughs> Are you a really, really stupid Dallas oil man? Because um, there's no oil in the Mediterranean, as far as I know. But <laughs> no, no, no. I'm looking to invest <laughs> my oil money. Oil in money. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I He's see. Old I money. see. He's old oily money. Oh, I see. I see your oil money. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Interesting. That's sort of okay. Uh, that could be interesting. I, I, what? What? What we didn't necessarily need is connection between the characters. Um, uh, so it doesn't have to be investing in the film. I think just in anything. I may in... I may want to buy a hotel. I'm going to have credit rating. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's interesting. Real fish out of water then. Literally. Ooh, I yes. mean, from Dallas to the Mediterranean. Well, it, my snakeskin boots will come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> Ten gallon hat and snakeskin boots. Is that the? Uh... Oh, absolutely. Is that the look? <laughs> All right. Now yeah. remember, white suit. I don't know if you remember, TJ. We're trying to keep this one scary and not do comedy. So, I, I mean... Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> then, then then, you're out. You're fucked. You're out the game. Um, <laughs> you're out the game. You, I quit. 
I'll I'll I'll, I'll tweak him a little bit then. We'll, we'll we'll keep the same aesthetic, but yeah, well, but not uh, too broad. Would you be yeah? Larry you Larry Hagman's a... a bit creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dallas could you be? Thing. Could you be? Uh, you know, could you have car money from cars? From selling cars. I, I don't know, like be a Ford, you know, be a Ford or a or a Chrysler, um, and so so you would you would experience you would have experienced different trade shows, and come to yeah, an island without any enough. decent roads on it. Have you? Has TJ dropped out? Are you still there? I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, you're still I'm there. Contemplating. So so so, so to add a couple of things. <laughs> Add a couple of things, because uh, yeah. I, 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 I love the I'd love the contrast. I think you should be on this very expensive yacht that's kind of moored in mm. the in the harbour. I mean, obviously you've got a lot of money, mm. you've got a yacht, you've got your maybe you've got your um, your staff with you. What do you think? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I've just got to make sure. You know, I'll do a realistic Dallas accent instead of, you know, that <laughs> Dallas accent. <laughs> So, so, so I think you should be a very powerful person in many ways. I think the character should be very powerful, um, you know. Yeah, yeah, and then we'll get very quickly shown how little that power is worth in the realm of the mythos. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, because actually, mm. now I'm thinking about it, Hamp wasn't actually a comedy character at all, really, by by your standards. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not. I, don't I think know. he was pretty serious. He was a pretty serious character, I thought, compared to. You, you, you know, know, I don't think he any of the characters were really comedy characters. Well, Rita. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, he said Rita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so what I would say is, I, I, I think what would be an interesting um, uh, character study for you is um, is Brian Cox's character in Succession. Oh God, yes! Oh, interesting. I've, that, I'm not that, familiar with this, but I like Brian Cox a lot. He is amazing in that. He's utterly terrifying, actually. Uh, okay, and, so you just gave uh, me homework. Yeah, there's a bit of homework. Watch oh, a bit. He's, gladly. Yeah. He's basically playing Rupert Murdoch, except Scottish. Yeah. Okay. Well, American yeah. Scottish. Scottish. I mean, he's got an American accent, um, which is yeah, but, but yeah, he's but, but he, he but wears he is a kilt from Dundee. Yes, he is. He is, uh, and he is one of the most terrifying characters on on TV. I think actually, he's he's just, you know, you, you get is scared a, just watching him. A film or a show? Uh, it's a TV show. It's a TV show. It's it's, oh, like it's a lot of HBO. Okay. It's on HBO, but I'm sure you can find clips of it or or or, or bits. But he he, um, the bit where so so I think the key moment is where he's humiliating his sons and son-in-laws um, by making them grovel around on the floor like oh, wild God, yes. boars. It's called Boar on the Floor. Just check out Boar on the Floor, and it's he is yeah. just horrifying in that scene. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, there's your homework. Yeah. Um, all right. All right, literally, we were about to, to say goodbye, so um, um, I... I, I uh, we, I think we've got something. I actually think, some, amazingly, we've got something here. I don't know. What do you think, guys? I, do, I think yeah. there's nothing yeah. amazing about it. It was inevitable we were going to have something great. Yeah, it's a fucking <laughs> role-playing game where you invent characters. <laughs> no, was, no, but I think there's a very interesting seed of an idea here. I've, I've no idea yet what any of the mythos stuff would be related to this. I, Can I, I play a dwarf? 
<laughs> you can be, if you want. I mean, <laughs> not a gold sniffing dwarf, but why not? Why? <laughs> why what's wrong with gold sniffing? Are you wearing a, a red hooded yeah. raincoat? <laughs> I got oh, a warhammer. Oh, I got a fucking warhammer. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, don't, yeah, I could, yeah. No, don't what do your carpentry yeah, so big... shit if your hammer's that big? <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You keep smashing the wood to pieces when you're trying to hammer the nails in. 